What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, so I'm going to get my game, talk about the players I'd be starting and sitting this week. First up, we've got the Thursday night game, Broncos at Chiefs, 47.5 point total, Chiefs 10.5 point home favorites. For the Broncos, the Chiefs are a negative matchup for running backs and wide receivers, a neutral one for quarterbacks and tight ends. As of recording this, we don't 100% know if Javante Williams is playing, but he practiced in full. I'm pretty confident that he is going to play this week. Uh, we don't know, though, what exactly the split is going to be. I feel like there's a wide range of outcomes here. Jaleel McLaughlin has played really, really well, and I feel like maybe he's carved out a better role for himself. But what could also happen is the coaching staff's like, no, uh, Williams is our guy. P. Ryan's the backup. We're going to stick with those two. So definitely a lot of fluctuations that can happen there. Hopefully there's some reports before the game. We can kind of act on that. Personally, I would probably bench all of them. I do have Javonta Williams in one league, and I am benching him this week. I just feel like it's not even an amazing spot anyways, and it's not like we're expecting them to be amazing on the ground. And so if we also don't really know what the split is going to be, the touches, I'd probably just avoid the situation, hope that you have the running back that does do well, and you can use them next week. But it's a situation I'm personally avoiding. Uh, Judy, Sutton, they're my wide receivers, 34 and 37 right now. So not amazing plays, but viable, definitely. Again, don't play them in the flex spot. Never play someone in the flex spot in one of these Thursday night games. If you're going to play them, put them at wide receiver, and then you can open up that flex spot if there are surprise injuries and you need to play a different position later on in the week. Um, I would not say that anyone on the Denver side is a must play, especially because these Thursday games can be very gross and playing at Arrowhead is definitely a difficult spot. But again, 34, 37, they're both totally fine. Uh, other than those guys, it's really just Russell Wilson. He grades out as a quarterback 13, 14, that general range right now. He's fine to stream. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm expecting a big game from him. And again, it's Thursday, tough and arrowhead. It's not a good spot. And so my lean for everyone on Tenfer is probably towards benching all of them. If you had to play Russ, uh, Judy, Sutton, you can. Uh, Mims, we're just hoping he can get a few more snaps every week, but you can't trust him yet. On the Chiefs side, uh, dream matchup. Denver has been historically bad on defense. There's no signs that's going to stop. The game is at home. Like, this is a smash spot. Um, everyone except for wide receiver, technically. Uh, but that's really just because teams are destroying Denver by so much that many times they don't need to throw the ball to wide receivers. Uh, it's not because they're, like, really good at stopping them. But Everyone has a great matchup except for technically the wide receivers. But that's really bad news against Kansas City because they're like, okay, we don't care. I mean, we spread the ball out to like six, seven receivers anyways. None of them typically go off. They're perfectly fine winning through the running backs and through Kelsey. So Mahomes, Kelsey, assuming Kelsey plays, but it seems like he's going to. Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco, all must starts. I'd probably bench all the wide receivers. Um, if you were super desperate and you had to play one of them, this is the spot. If you had to play Rasheed Rice, you had to play Tony, you had to play uh, really any of them, um, none grayed out as good play. I'd say Rasheed Rice is probably the best one you can go with. But if you had to play Sky Moore, like, it would be fine because the matchup is so good. But don't be shocked when it's like, oh, the matchup is great. But all of them have like 30 or 40 receiving yards. None of them project very well even in the spot. Uh, so stick to the ones you've been starting with, uh, but they're all really good plays there. 
Next up, we've got another London game this week. Not the Jaguars, though. Jaguars are back home. Uh, we will see Ravens at Titans at the 9.30 kickoff. So set your lines for 9.30. 41-point uh, total, 4.5-point spread in favor of the road team. Well, quote-unquote road team, the Ravens. For the Ravens, uh, this is the fourth toughest match opposing running backs. We just know Titans really good at stopping the run. Uh, neutral one for the quarterbacks and the tight ends. Great spot for the wide receivers. Lamar, Andrews, always must start. Flowers, really strong play in the flex. He's seeing really good volume. Hasn't scored yet, but the volume is there. He's a great player in this good of a spot. I would play Flowers this week. And then the running mask can be left unbenched. It's a, it's a terrible matchup in general. Um, but like if they're going to rotate through a bunch of backs, maybe have uh, Mitchell active this week. So they could run into like a three running back rotation. It's just not an area you really want to attack. Bench all those guys. And again, Flowers is a pretty strong play. Uh, Double-digit targets in three of five weeks. At least 56 receiving yards in every game. Again, hasn't scored yet. Hasn't hit 80 yards. But I think a big game is coming. This could be the week that that happens. Uh, and, and the running backs like you know Gus and Hill, they're having seven and eight expected fantasy points per game. And now they might add a third running back. Like, no, you just don't want to be playing them. Uh, for the Titans, Ravens are also a very difficult matchup for everyone. Um, I would say that it's not a horrific matchup and no one they're like quote unquote home but again the game is in London so we don't get any of that like terrible crowd noise for one of these sides um but it's just like if they're a difficult matchup stick to the studs on a team that hasn't been doing well the Titans have not been a very good offense this season so you're not playing Tannehill you're not playing these secondary wide receivers even if Traylon Burks were able to play this week you're not playing him you're not playing Chig I think it's the worst matchup possible for tight ends you're not playing Chig um play Derrick Henry if you need to start DeAndre Hopkins he's a better play if um Traylon Burks is out because he's like the only person that they'll throw to but in general it's Henry it's maybe Hopkins other than that, leave the Titans alone. One o'clock games kick off with Commanders at Falcons. Low, 42.5 point total. Falcons, 2.5 point home favorites. The Commanders, uh, Atlanta is the second best matchup for tight ends, but it's a negative matchup for running backs and wide receivers and a very negative matchup for those two positions. Uh, the Falcons resurrected Dalton Schultz last week. So given that Logan Thomas is seventh in expected fantasy points among tight ends, He's a really, really strong streaming option this week. Behind him, there's really no elite options on the Commanders. Uh, their ground game has really struggled, and they struggled in a smash spot last week. So in the third worst matchup, I don't have a lot of faith in their ground game. I don't know that I would play Robinson or Antonio Gibson. Then you think, you know, McLaurin, Dotson. You'd imagine they'd be doing well, given the fact that Sam Howell has the fourth most pass attempts in the NFL. Like if I told you that entering the season, you're like, oh my goodness, are they both strong wide receiver twos? But they both have around a 16% target share. They're averaging 9.2 and 9.5 expected fantasy points per game. So even though the total offense has all this volume, it's not really going to Dotson and McLaurin. They're spreading it around, which is really weird because those are by far their two best pass catchers. Um... Both are fine to play in the flex. They are talent-driven flex plays, but they have volume limitations that are capping their ceiling, which again is wild because it's such a high-volume passing attack. Uh, Sam Howell himself is fine, not amazing. I'm not in love with the play, um, and it's a dangerous one because Atlanta plays slow. So if Atlanta were to get ahead, run the ball a lot, we can see them drain the clock, and then they're also not some like amazing matchup 
for quarterbacks and so it could just limit the play potential for the commanders that would hurt sam howell he's not a good enough player to where on limited volume he's going to go off so not a lot to love on the commander side honestly besides logan thomas on the falcon side Bijan's averaging 5.4 yards per carry he's a 15 percent target share he's running back eight overall so he's producing well but he has felt like somewhat of a disappointment thus far because he only has uh, the two touchdowns receiving, he doesn't have a single rushing touchdown. He hasn't really broken off long plays. He's been like very consistently good in the ground game, but we know the player he is. He's going to bust off an 80-yard touchdown at some point. He's going to score rushing touchdowns, and so I think the big games are coming. You're starting him anyway, so you didn't really need to hear any of that, but I just wouldn't be panicking with Bijan. He's going to have a good game soon. Behind Bijan, um, not a lot to love on this offense. Uh, Drake London is only averaging about 10 expected fantasy points per game. Pitts, Janu averaging around 11 each. That makes Pitts and Janu better plays, not only because that's more expected points, but also because they play tight end. It's a much thinner position. Um, but honestly, that's just a not enough volume to make any of them must plays. Commanders have been destroyed by wide receivers recently, though. So if you want to go to London, it's a good spot. They're now the fifth best matchup for opposing wide receivers. Um, but like, you know, you know the deal with Drake London. If the Falcons do gain a lead, they're not going to use him. They're going to run the ball, play slow, not throw it, and that'll be a very bad thing for Drake London. If the opposite happens, if the commanders can find a way to pull ahead, which again, the spread is close. Either side could pull ahead here. Um, if the commanders find a way to pull ahead, the Falcons have to run the ball. It's a great spot for London. He can have a good game because he's a really talented player and he does have a good target share, which I think will go up as the season goes along. So it's kind of up to you whether you play London or not. It comes down to what you have there. Uh, but understand that he's a risky play, but a talented player in a good spot and could definitely have a good game. I think that's worth playing the flex for most of you. Colts at Jaguars. Up next, 46-point total Jaguars, 4-point home favorites for the Colts. Minshew will be the quarterback this week. Of course, Anthony Richardson is out, I believe, at least a month. Uh, and that's a downgrade for the offense overall, but it's not the worst thing in the world for the fantasy value of these players. The offense suffers. So more, they'll score fewer touchdowns on average. They'll have fewer yards, but Richardson is going to run for more than Minshew. Or I guess you could flip that. Minshew is going to run for less than Richardson would have, and he's going to run for less touchdowns. So you have those fantasy points that usually are taken away from everyone for the skill players for the Colts, that now will go to them. And even if that pie is a little bit smaller, it's all going to those skill players. And so it kind of evens out overall. Um, ultimately, your biggest decision probably comes down to Moss versus Taylor in this team, because uh, I think you're playing Pittman, and I think Downs is you know a quality streaming option, but not someone you necessarily need to start. Um, but you know, Moss goes off last week, right? And Taylor didn't have a ton of touches. They're talking about basically moving that closer every single week. Eventually, Taylor's going to be, you know, the feature back in this offense. He's going to be getting most of the touches. But when does that happen, right? When does that split kind of kind of lean off? Right now, I have it projected even. So I'm projecting both players for around 12 carries, around two to three targets, and makes both of them flex viable or like low-end running back twos. I think if I had both of them, I would start Jonathan Taylor. I have to imagine they're going to give him more work soon. They just paid him a bunch of money. It would be very strange for them to not lean on him. Even if Moss is playing well, like Jonathan Taylor can also play well. He's a very good player. Uh, this is the sixth worst matchup proposing running back, so not a great spot. But again, 
I think that if you have Jonathan Taylor, you're playing him as a flex play, as a low-end running back to this week. I probably wouldn't play Moss, but he did great last week, and so he's viable if you need him. Uh, I would say probably don't play him in the flex, though. I would say if you need a running back to put him there, I wouldn't play him in the flex. Um, I also wouldn't play any of the tight ends on the Colts. I mean, they're not seeing any bankable volume. You'd be praying for a touchdown. You can do that in other spots. Uh, Minshew, find a stream, especially if you had Richardson. You picked up Minshew and you just want to play that. Fine. Uh, nothing stands out, though. He's not like an amazing play. Um, and then again, I kind of went over the wide receivers. You're playing Pittman. Um, and it's a good spot, honestly, for downs. Um, he has a higher target share with Minshew at quarterback. He's been playing really well getting a ton of snaps. His target share was already there, so it's going to go up even further from that spot. I have one in one league. I don't have to play him this week. I had to last week. But if you have to play him, totally fine. Better in full PPR, um, but quality play. I'm playing Osborne just to give you an idea. Um, I had Eckler and I had Keenan Allen on bye last week. So I had to play uh, Josh Downs. I added KJ Osborne this week. I'll be playing Osborne over Downs. If you happen to be in that same situation, that's what I'm doing, but I would be totally fine if I hadn't gotten Osborne in waivers playing downs. For the Jaguars, uh, this is a pretty good matchup against a Colts defense that we thought was going to be a lot better entering the season. They're definitely struggling right now. Ingram, Etienne, Lawrence, all must starts in my eyes. Ridley, Kirk, very strong plays at wide receiver too will depend on what you have there, but I think most of you will play both of those wide receivers. Not everyone's going to go off. You're not going to have all five players in this spot, all of 100 and a touchdown, right? Someone's going to have a bad game. A few will probably be mediocre to disappointing, but it's a good enough matchup to where any one of them could have a very, very good game, and so I really wouldn't want to bench any of them. I would play all of them. Uh, you can take a shot on Zay Jones. I don't know if he's playing yet this week, but if Zay were to play, you know, for those of you in 14, 16 team leagues, he's got a really nice red zone role. So if he plays, he's got a pretty good shot of scoring a touchdown. Uh, but if he's out, it's an even bigger boost to all those other players. Again, I play all of them regardless. Next up, 49ers at Browns. Uh, gross game. Lowest total game of the week, 37 and a half points. Uh, 49ers were six and a half point favorites. I believe now they're up to seven point road favorites. So not looking good for the Browns side. My guess is that's indicating Vegas is not confident in Deshaun Watson starting. And if he doesn't start, that is obviously a very bad thing for the Browns. Uh, but even if he did play a little bit banged up, uh, I don't know. It's not a good spot. It's a, really, it's a really bad game environment overall. Now, we talked about that last week and we were like, okay, bad game environment for the 49ers. But that doesn't really matter. Like, no one cares who the 49ers are playing. They have good enough players. They're an amazingly coached team. It simply doesn't matter if they're on the road, even against the best defense in the league. With the Browns are really good defense, but they're not the best defense in the league, but still very strong. It just doesn't matter. Like you just play 49ers players every single week, start McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle. They will not all go off every week, but all of them are talented enough on a good enough team that I just can't see myself benching any of them. Temper expectations on the road post by against the Browns in a potentially bad weather spot. We'll, we'll see. It might just be like really windy there, um, but overall, not a good spot. Play them all. Then for the Browns, again, you just have to see what happens with Watson. If Watson's out there, it's a boost to everyone. If he's not, it's obviously a very bad thing for everyone. Um, 40 or the um, 49ers are most attackable with wide receivers, so it's an okay spot for Marty Cooper for Elijah Moore. 
but it's not like some amazing spot and the game environment's bad and I wouldn't expect them to have the ball a lot. And as we say a lot with the 49ers, they could get the ball with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and take the entire quarter for one drive. You don't get the ball back and that's horrific for the fantasy value of the opposing team. So Cooper, fine as a low end two. Elijah Moore, fine in the flex. Better as a wide receiver three or second flex spot and better in full PPR leagues. Uh, but you know neither one of them is an amazing play. Then Jerome Ford is fine. Fine if you need him, but man, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play him when they're projected for what, like 15 or 16 total points, not very many touchdowns. Like he's probably going to have a good share, but there's also the risk that Kareem Hunt, you know, post by, maybe he's a little bit more involved this week. Maybe they're trailing by a lot and it's kind of more Kareem Hunt game. There's a lot of unknowns with Ford. It's just, it's not a spot I want to attack. Um, you probably are leaning away from Browns players, he's going to grade out uh, Ford here as in like the low 30s for running backs. So you can probably do better. Um, and then I, I honestly, even if Watson plays, I probably wouldn't play him. And Joku probably wouldn't play him. Um, but if you had to, it's not the worst play in the world. I, just, I probably wouldn't. Next up, Seahawks at Bengals, 45 and a half point total. Bengals, three point home favorites. The Seahawks, uh, the Bengals are a slightly negative matchup for running backs uh, but overall it's not a defense we're like overly fearing quality team but not an amazing defense uh, Seattle's also coming off by so I would expect Seattle to play pretty well in this spot to look good uh, to be relatively efficient on offense I'm excited to see if Charbonnet if JSN are going to have larger roles post by but until that happens I'm not going to bank on it and also Technically, we're more excited about that when teams have like a week 9, 10, 11 buy. To have a week 5 buy, we're not as much expecting that post-buy rookie bump. It's still kind of early in the season. Uh, we expect that bump a little bit more in the second half. So when the buy comes again around week 9, 10, 11, now we're seeing that big bump. In week 6, I'm not expecting JSN and Charbonnet to go out there and be featured and to be amazing players, right? So a little bit of a bump I would hope for, uh, but you can't play them yet. Um, I would say you're starting Lockett, though, starting Metcalf, starting Ken Walker, um, Gino, pretty decent streaming option this week coming off the bye. I would expect him to play well. It's a spot that could go off. I mean, this is a good game environment. These are two offenses that are really good. You know, if the Bengals get rolling, if they force Seattle to throw the ball, I would expect Lockett and Metcalf to have success through the air, and that's obviously going to benefit Gino Smith. And so I think you're playing all four of them this week. For the Bengals side, Similar story, right? I mean, you're playing the Bengals elite players because Seattle could have a very good game on the other side, force the Bengals to play aggressive, to play fast, which they already want to do in general. My guess is that T. Higgins is going to miss this week. Um, if he does play, he's definitely not going to be 100%, and I probably wouldn't play him even if he is out there, but we'll see how he projects. We'll see how it looks, but I don't know. If he's not going to be 100%, why play him this week when you have a bye in week seven? Like, just hold him out had the buy in week seven. Now he's 100% in week eight. You kind of roll from there, um, but we'll watch practice supports. We'll see what the news is there. If he's out, you're starting Chase, you're starting Mixon. Honestly, you're starting them regardless if he plays or not. Um, Burrow is a stronger play if Higgins were to be out there, but I still think Burrow is a perfectly fine option if Higgins is out. You've still got Jamar Chase. That alone is enough for him to produce, uh, but they have good enough secondary options, and Burrow looked a lot healthier last week. He's going to look great starting after their buy in week seven, so into week eight, um, but I would probably play Burrow this week. We've been benching him, you know, until he looked healthy, which, you know, he's certainly not 100% healthy yet, 
but he looked good last week. Um, I would go back to playing him if you have him this week. Um, it's not like he had like the best game in the world, but he finally looked healthy, and you play Joe, Joe Burrow when he's healthy. And again, good game environment. We know that Seattle on the other side can get things going. And so if you're kind of hesitant, it's a player in this game versus someone in a worse game, you know, a game with like a 30-point total, 30-point total, maybe a 37-point total like the last game, uh, like a 40-point total, and a game where you look at it and you're like, I'm not expecting both these teams to drop 30. Both of these teams could drop 30. Will I project that to happen? No. But it's certainly possible that it does. So if you've got someone in this game that's a fringe option, I would probably lean towards playing them over someone in a different game. Uh, also, didn't mention the tight ends for either side. Probably wouldn't play any of them. Saints at Texans is up next. 42.5 point total. Saints, 1.5 point road favorites. For the Saints, Kamara is averaging 22 expected fantasy points per game since returning. That is first among all running backs. He also gets a dream matchup with the Texans defense this week that we basically target every single week. Um, they are strong against the pass. They are weak against the run. They're the fourth best matchup for opposing running backs. This is a great spot for Kamara. Obviously, start him. Behind him, Olave, Michael Thomas. They both grayed out as wide receiver threes or flex plays. They don't grade out amazingly this week. Um, Olave's definitely struggled uh, these last two weeks. Seems like he's kind of playing through an injury right now. Um, I think he's too good of a player to bench, though. So if he's out there, I think you just have to play Olave every single week. Uh, he's caught three of his last 11 targets. He's not going to be that efficient over time. Um, again, Probably battling through an injury right now, but I'm fully expecting him to play this week. I haven't seen anything that indicates he's not going to play, just kind of battling through. I believe it's a toe injury. Um, so I think you're just going to start him if he plays. Uh, and then Michael Thomas is like a worse version, I guess, of Olave, uh, much less upside. But I guess he has an okay floor. Um, and he has a decent role in the red zone. So I wouldn't worry about like the, the touchdowns not really being there for Michael Thomas yet. If you've been playing him, I'd keep playing him this week. Uh, but again, it, it's not a good matchup. Like It's a good matchup for Kamara, but everyone else it, it's not great for. Uh, and besides those three, I wouldn't start anyone else. Then for the Texans side, uh, Tank Dell has a concussion. I would not expect him to play this week, but check the news there. If he is out, which he probably will be out, Nico, Woods, that'll be their top two pass catchers. Schultz, um, he'll assume a larger workload, but I mean, it was 5.6 targets. That's what Dell had. So it's not like everyone gains five targets. Everyone probably gains one target. So it makes everyone a stronger play, but if you're getting one more target, you don't go from a, oh, I'm never playing you to have to get you into my starting lineup. It's one extra target, right? But Nico was already someone we were starting. And so now, you know, if more targets are being focused on him, it elevates his floor, elevates his ceiling. He's going to be a really good play this week. Uh, Woods is like a sneaky flex play in deeper formats. 8, 10, 12 team leagues. Probably don't need to go there. Uh, Damian Pierce, I would say, is the biggest question mark for this team. He's got, you know, a large share of the workload. He's going to get the goal line looks. His offensive line is just terrible. And so he gets hit behind the line every single play. He's been running back 29 right now. I think talent-wise... You're probably playing him as a low-end running back too, just saying that like he's a good enough player that if they can create one or two holes in this game, he can have a good game. He can bust off a long run. If they can get close to the end zone, he's going to be getting the carries, and so he's got good touchdown upside. Uh, but like on average, he doesn't project amazingly, so understand lower floor, but still an okay ceiling. Uh, and then Schultz, tight end 19, so it kind of depends on what you have there. Again, last week was in that dream matchup. Doesn't have that this week, so you know, second toughest matchup for tight ends after having like the best matchup for tight ends. Very big difference there. But if, 
you know, Tank Dell is out, extra targets to go around. So okay streaming option, not one you have to play. Panthers at Dolphins is up next. Pretty high, 48.5 point total. Dolphins massive, 13.5 point home favorites. For the Panthers, uh, almost nothing to like. Sanders is definitely working through multiple injuries right now, but he keeps playing. And so when he plays, you basically can't play him and Chuba. Um, like you could play Miles Sanders, but if he's working through multiple injuries, he's going to continue being inefficient. Maybe he lucks into a touchdown, but I would prefer to bench both them. I would prefer if Sanders would just rest for like a week or two, get healthy, and you can play Chuba now, then you can play Sanders when he's healthy. But if Sanders is going to be playing through these injuries and they're going to be splitting the workload, it's not great for either one of them. Um, the tight ends aren't seeing any usage, so you can't really play them. Thielen is honestly the only player you're looking at in this game, only uh, wide receiver getting more than 10 expected points per game and actually playing every week. Um, I think he's fine at wide receiver too. I mean, he's been playing really, really well. They're kind of focusing on him on offense, uh, but behind him, it, it's it's nothing. I don't think you need to play Sanders. You can stream Bryce Young if you're desperate. You absolutely need to because he could throw the ball 45 times in this spot. Uh, but overall, it's really just Adam Thielen for the Panthers. Then for the Dolphins, play everyone as usual. Um, Hill, Waddle, Mostert, Tua, you're starting all of them. And then we'll see who's their running back to this week. Jeff Wilson is allowed to play, but we don't know how healthy he is yet. Uh, I think we'll find that out, honestly, at like Sunday morning. Like, I don't think we're going to find that out really before that. Um, but if he's good to go, Honestly, you could probably use him as a lower-end option. It's tough to know exactly how many touches he'd get. But if they're going to play him, I would think he's getting running back two touches, and you're probably starting him this week. Uh, if he's out, it's Salvin Ahmed, uh, who would be fine. He'd grade out in like the mid-30s or so, maybe the low-30s for running back. So not a must-start. Uh, you're probably sticking to the, the players I mentioned before. But you could play Ahmed or Jeff Wilson if they're the clear running back two. Uh, if it's not clear, you're probably not playing either one of them. Final one o'clock game is Vikings at Bears, 44.5 point total. Vikings, 2.5 point road favorites. For the Vikings, uh, Jefferson's out at least a month, potentially more than that. That leaves behind 10.6 opportunities per game. That is a lot. You know, that's twice as good for the team as Tank Dell being out. So now we're not seeing everyone get one more target. We're seeing a lot more targets flow to players, especially on a very consolidated offense here. So Hawkinson, Addison, both must starts in my eyes. I know Addison has a little injury. If he's out there, you're playing him. Osborne, really good play at wide receiver three. I alluded to it before. I'm playing him in my second flex spot. Uh, so I trust him this week. Yes, uh, it's KJ Osborne. You know, it's Addison who has a zero point game. Like, sure, the floors are lower, but when you remove Justin Jefferson, like, obviously, they're going to lean a little bit more run-heavy, especially in this spot. But there are still so many targets going to be had on this offense. And it's basically going to those three players and then a little bit to other guys. You're you're playing them. Like, you're playing Hawkinson, Addison, and Osborne if you have them this week. Um, really good spot for Madison, though. Third best matchup for opposing running back. So, I think you're playing Madison as a running back, too. Um, there is some risk that Akers starts to take more and more workload each week. But... Given that they're probably going to lean more run heavy, that's fine. I think you're playing Madison. I don't think you're playing Akers at all. Um, and then for Kirk Cousins, obviously takes a hit with Jefferson not being out there. He definitely has a lower floor because the offense could kind of just fall apart. But it's the Bears. I don't expect them to put up a huge fight. Still grades out as my quarterback seven. Uh, maybe I play with efficiencies here and he drops down to like eight, nine, or ten. But I think if you have him, you've been relying on him. 
I'd keep playing him this week. For the Bears, uh, they have finally started to figure things out in offense the last two weeks, and they've looked really, really good. Also, a matchup with the Vikings defense is probably not going to change that. They're not very good. Uh, so you're playing Fields. You're playing DJ Moore. You're playing Cole Kement. Um, we'll see what happens at running back. That's probably the biggest wild card here, and it matters a lot. I mean, Herbert's out. We know that. Um, Roshan would be a great play if he could play, uh, and he has extra time because they had the Thursday game. But we can't know. We can't possibly know if he's going to clear the concussion protocol in time. If he does, play him. If he doesn't, play Foreman, honestly, because the other backups on this team are not very good. Foreman would have a massive opportunity share. Wouldn't get a ton of targets, but if he would be in line for, you know, 15 to 17 carries, you're playing that absolutely at running back two in a winnable game for the Bears, which means he could push for 20 carries. If he's the only running back out there that they trust, he could push for a lot of carries. And we know Foreman is actually a quality running back. So watch the reports closely on this one because it really does matter who the starting running back is here. Four o'clock games kick off with Patriots at Raiders. 41.5 point total. Raiders currently three point home favorites. The Patriots, uh, fairly neutral matchup all around. But honestly, like, do you even want to play Patriots players right now? Probably not. Uh, Stevenson's the best play. He's only averaging 11.8 expected fantasy points per game on a Patriots offense. He's averaging 11 points per game. That's embarrassing, right? It's horrific. Uh, they can't block anyone. They can't do anything on offense. Mac Jones looks bad. It's not all on Mac Jones because no one's getting open. He's being hit after like one second. Like it's not all his fault, but they're not good. Like they're playing very poorly. If you need Stevenson running back to find anyone else in the Patriots, bench him. Then for the Raiders, uh, New England is actually now a neutral matchup. Their defense is good. So, like, per play, it's going to be tough for them. Um, the thing is, the Patriots' offense has been so bad that teams get these short fields, you know, off of turnovers, off of three and outs, that you don't have to move the ball that far because you can still score points because if you start your drive at the 40-yard line every time, uh, you're going to do pretty good. Um, also, we know we just play Raiders players like Jacobs. Myers, Adams, almost all of the volume is flowing through those three players every single week. And so if the Raiders are going to score some touchdowns this week, it's probably coming through those three. Play all of them. Cardinals at Rams. Up next, 48.5 point total. Rams, seven point home favorites. For the Cardinals, hopefully we get a, like a solid report on who their lead running back is going to be. My guess is they just kind of have like a virtual tie between Keonta Ingram and Amari Demarcado. Um, I would imagine if Ingram is good to go that he's like the 1A, but it's probably going to be a pretty close 1A, 1B situation. Neither one of them stands out as an amazing play. Both are viable. Like if you had James Conner, maybe you had other running backs also that got injured and you're like, oh my goodness, my entire running back core is just toast now. You could play them. They're going to see volume this week. Uh, the Rams are a good defense, but, you know, not something that we're like can't play anyone against. Um, ideally, though, you're probably not starting these running backs. Um, after that, Ertz has been very consistent in the volume he's been getting. He's never going to bust off a long play. He basically just catches the ball six or seven yards downfield and falls down. But if he's going to be seeing the target share that he is and the red zone share that he is, he's a really good streaming option every week. And then Marquise Brown... Quality flex play, we know he has weekly upside. Uh, we know he'll be involved in the red zone as well, and he's their number one wide receiver. Um, Michael Wilson will not project well, as I said last week. He had a bad game last week as well. But uh, if you kind of look at the press conferences, it seems like they are going to try and get Michael Wilson the ball a little bit more this week. They were a little bit frustrated with not getting him more opportunities last week. Um, 
I don't think that means you're playing him. I don't think that means you can trust him yet. But I do actually think he's going to overperform like average projections this week. And so if you had to, you're like, Nick, I'm in a 14-team league. We have three wide receiver spots. I have people on buy an injury. I got to play Michael Wilson. It is not a terrible play. I think he's going to be fine this week. But if you're in a 10-team league, don't play. Then for the Rams, um, very consolidated offense as usual. They even traded away Van Jefferson to the Falcons, which is embarrassing. But traded him away. Um, and it's a good matchup. The Cardinals have been better than most people think this season. And they're a well-coached defense. And so they're not typically going to get annihilated. They got crushed by the 49ers, but everyone gets crushed by the 49ers. Um, they're just they're playing better than people think, honestly, in all areas of the game. Like, I think most people thought they'd come out here, they'd be an easy 0-5, they'd win like two games this season. They've been better than most people thought, and I thought, to start the season, uh, but it doesn't matter. You're playing Cup, you're playing Puka, you're playing Kyron Williams, all must-starts. Higby's my tight end, 14. 2-2 right now is with wide receiver, 46. 2-2 um, wasn't amazing last week, did have the touchdown, but wasn't amazing last week. Um, but we just know, all of the all the routes run, at least, are going to be Cup, Puka, and 2-2. No one else is basically running a route more than like maybe one, right? Or if one of them you know gets a little tired, they'll come up for one play, and the other three are back in. Um we know that Kyron is going to be getting basically every snap at running back. And then it's just like when he's tired, it comes off for a player or two, goes back on. And so because we have such a huge opportunity share of these players, just start all of them. The one thing would be maybe you don't need to play 2-2. But you know what? Even if he doesn't project well, he has upside. He has big play potential. So if you had to play him, I'd be fine with that as well. Next up, we've got Lions at Bucks. 43.5 point total, Lions, three-point road favorites. I'm actually pretty excited for this game's potential. Uh, for the Lions, my guess is that St. Brown plays this week. If he does, obviously play him. If he doesn't, then uh, Josh Reynolds will once again be a pretty quality flex play. He's someone the team likes. Um, he has ties to like the, the coaching staff there from his days on the Rams. Um, he's just He'd be a good play. They trust him a lot. He'd be their number one. Um, if St. Brown were to play... Reynolds is less viable. You could go there, but it would not be as good of a play because it's not an amazing spot this week. Behind those two, play Laporta every week, play Montgomery every single week, have to play them. Um, Jared Goff is a pretty decent streaming option, quarterback 15, so it depends what you have, uh, but he would obviously be a much better play if St. Brown were active. Uh, Gibbs is the biggest question mark on this team. We likely won't know his status until the weekend. Um, if he's out, Montgomery's an even better player, but you're playing him anyways. If he is good to go, you can play him as a low-end running back too, but I wouldn't expect an amazing week from him this week. Uh, and then also, if he were out, Craig Reynolds would be fine in deeper formats, but you better be in at least a 14, preferably a 16-team league. And even then, he got blowout run last week, but you're you're not playing Craig Reynolds. Like Montgomery's just going to have a huge opportunity share, and you're just sticking with him. Then for the Bucs, um, this is an awful spot for Rashad White, and it's a fantastic spot for the wide receivers. White is seeing good enough volume to trust as a low-end running back too, but don't expect him to be efficient this week. Don't expect a great game. Honestly, expect to be disappointed unless he scores a touchdown. Uh, but again, the volume is good enough. He's a good enough player where you probably can play him at running back too. Lions, second best matchup for opposing wide receivers though, and since virtually all the volume throws through, flows through Evans, flows through Godwin, both of them are set up really, really nicely this week. We will see what the final status of Mike Evans is. He is dealing with that hamstring injury. If he's good to go, play him. 
play Chris Godwin, and Baker would actually be a really, really good streaming option. He grades out right now as my quarterback nine. I'll have to play around with that, and that'll drop if Evans misses, but he's grading out really well so far this week. If Evans does not play, Godwin is a smash play. Baker, again, would grade out slightly worse, would probably drop to like the 13, 14 range for quarterbacks. Um, it would make someone like Trey Palmer viable in a deeper format, but overall, it would really just mute my interest in Baker and just make Godwin a fantastic play. Final floor clock game is going to be Eagles at Jets, 41-point total, Eagles 7-point road favorites. For the Eagles, same as usual, um, it's one of the worst possible matchups, so limit expectations, but play Hurts, Swift, Brown, Smith, Goddard, all the volume is flowing through them. They're really talented players. Yes, at Jets is a brutal spot, but play them all. Just don't be shocked. Like Some of them are going to have bad games. Some of them are going to disappoint, but they're all good enough. You pretty much just have to play them. Then the Jets side, um, Eagles are also very good defense. At least the Jets are home, but Eagles good defense. Um, I would say the Jets are not a team where it's like have to play everyone, right? But um, Hall did take over as lead back last week. They've been behind him. He's obviously their best running back. He's a very talented player. I'd play him at running back too if I had him. Um, I do have him. I am playing him at running back too. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I also have in a league. Uh, I am also playing him, I believe, in the flex spot in that league. Uh, he's talented enough to where, yeah, it's a bad spot. Yeah, he's got Zach Wilson, the quarterback. He's good enough where I think I would just play him every week. Um, everyone else, super thin play. Stick with Hall and Wilson. And again, limit expectations for them, but I think I'd play them. Sunday night game is going to be Giants at Bills, 44 and a half point total. Bills, two touchdown home favorites. For the Giants, Buffalo is a brutal place to play, so don't expect a lot here. I'm projecting 1.5 total offensive touchdowns for the Giants, 59 total plays. Grading it out is a negative matchup all around. It's not a good spot. Only two players you're considering here are both questionable and might not play. Um, Daniel Jones is not a consideration, but also he might not play. Saquon is in consideration. Um, talented enough to where if he plays, I play him. You know, they're not going to throw him out there if he's not good to go. Honestly, I don't think he's going to play, though, because I don't think he's good to go, and I would not play any backup. So the only player you're probably considering here is uh, Darren Waller, and he's only my tight end 15 right now, just grading the matchup and the opportunity here, even giving him a good share of the offense. He does not grade out well this week. I usually grade him out much better than this. Uh, you are probably just benching all Giants players. Then for the Bills, uh, you know, great matchup, mostly because they're going to get a lot of short fields. It's a similar situation for like the Raiders, right? The Patriots are good defense. I mean, the Giants aren't a good defense, but Patriots are good defense, but like every team gets to start drives in such good field position. That's going to happen a lot for the Bills here. There's going to be a lot of turnover potential. There's going to be a lot of like three and outs for the Giants. And so, so many of their drives are going to be in great field position. That skyrockets the touchdown potential in this spot. I'm projecting four offensive touchdowns, but like we could see this could be a five or six touchdown game for the Buffalo Bills. That could actually happen. And so play fringe players on the Bills. Obviously start Allen, Diggs, James Cook. I would probably play Gabe Davis as well. Pretty good bet for a touchdown. Tight ends have been wildly disappointing thus far, both averaging less than seven expected fantasy points per game, both less than seven yards per reception. Uh, Giants are a good matchup for tight ends. And again, there's a lot of scoring potential here and all it takes a touchdown for tight end to produce. But both are just low in streaming options because the, again, the volume has been much worse than I anticipated. Monday night game. Going to be probably one of the better games of the week, potentially the best game of the week. 
Cowboys at Chargers, 50 and a half point total, close two point spread in favor of Dallas. For the Cowboys side, they have struggled a lot in the red zone, but I think a lot of that is variance. They've scored 30 points or more in three of five weeks. Two of those games did come against quality defenses. So like they've had very good games. I'm not too worried about them long-term. In this spot, you're definitely playing Pollard. You're definitely playing CeeDee Lamb. Ferguson does grade out as a really strong streaming option. I'd play him as well. And then Dak grades out as a decent one in that general quarterback 15 range. Would come down to what you have there. This game has the highest total of the week by two points. And the spread is close. So that doesn't necessarily mean both teams are scoring 30, right? If the total is 50, both teams are going to hover around 25. They're projecting around 24 to 26 in favor of Dallas. But it's one that could go off. This could easily be a 30 to 34 game, 34, 37 game. And so if you've got a fringe player in this one versus a fringe player in San Fran at Cleveland, Baltimore at Tennessee, go with this one because this game has a lot of upside, whereas other games this week might not. Again, not a lock that your fringe player is going to go off. But if you can target a game that has a lot of touchdowns potentially happening, that's good for fantasy. Your fringe player can luck in to a touchdown. Uh, That being said, I would probably leave Gallup Cooks on benches. Um, If you had to play in 14, 16 team leagues, if you're desperate in a 12 team league, I wouldn't hate it because of the game environment. Uh, Neither one of them is going to project out super well. Then for the Chargers, tough matchup. But again, game environment's elite. And matchup doesn't matter as much for a lot of Chargers players. You're playing Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen every week. I don't care what the matchup is. Eckler did say he's 99% sure he is playing this week. I'm taking that to heart. I dropped Joshua Kelly in my 12-team league because I needed that bench spot for KJ Osborne because I had to start him this week. Um, It's risky technically because it's the Monday night game. So if the 1% outcome does happen and Eckler's out, I basically just lose. So I understand it's risky, but if he's saying this early in the week that he's 99% sure he's going to play, he is someone that's been very forthcoming with injuries. He's someone that, you know, doesn't really lie to us. I'm pretty sure Austin Eckler plays this week. I am starting him and really crossing my fingers that he does. Um, It would be nice, though, if you could hang on to Joshua Kelly for one more week see that he is playing, and then we can get rid of Kelly next week. Uh, but again, play those three. Um, you can take a shot on Palmer, a shot on Quentin Johnson if you need them. Recognize that they each have very low floors, but that the game environment is really good. So I'm benching Quentin Johnson this week, but if you needed to play him, you can't. So that is a breakdown of every game this week. If you want to see my exact rankings and projections for every single player, including detailed projections as things change with news, because... We will get news every single day. I will adjust the projections three, four times every single day. You can see the all on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.